You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I am joined by my co-host, David. Yes, hello. It's a, I, I, I like how you say that, like it's going to change. I know. You know, yeah. but it's just us. We're here. It's us. And we're excited. <laughs> um, so, it has been rainy for the past two days. Yes. Well, it's kind of more drizzly today, yeah. I guess. Um, so are, are, do you like it even when it's cold out um, when it rains or is that just a summer rain kind of not thing? Not immensely. Like I like the gray. Okay. Dreary. <laughs> you know, like I like that. Yeah. But the, when, if I don't have to go anywhere, I love it. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you first step out and it's got that cold, wet like it just no, it's not fun. And I am wearing shorts. Yeah, yes. I just looked. I was like, I'm, he's probably wearing shorts. I am wearing shorts. <laughs> but it's supposed to be in the forties today. Well, so. that's the thing, you know. In the morning, it's and then by the afternoon, you're. Why did I wear jeans? It's hot. <laughs> so, you just suffer in the morning. Oh, that's funny. It's all good. That's funny. I wasn't sure if there was like a summer dreary preference to as opposed to a winter no dreary uh, see that's one of the reasons i like winter because winter especially when it's cold and it's mm-hmm. snowy and it's like storms you don't feel bad not doing anything right that's why i like winter that's true because nobody looks at you like what do you mean you're just gonna sit in your house and relax <laughs> and do nothing it's it's almost like it's a given yeah oh of course yes. you're gonna wear lounging around yes. pj pants and so. the first um big like snowstorm of the year when the kids have school canceled or something mm. like I always love those days. Yeah. It is. There's just something extra cozy yes. about that. And I, I actually like the snow. It's so pretty. I don't mm. love driving in it, but I don't have to commute out of town. So mm-hmm. it's not a, a big deal for me. Um, and if I'm really being a baby, like Scott can yeah. <laughs> Uber me, exactly. There you go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it is really pretty. Yes. This is the only time Amy wants snow. She okay. wants it when there's Christmas lights. Yeah, I get that. Because she says it adds to the beauty of everything. Yeah. But any other time she would yeah. don't even When I bother. used to commute to Cedar Rapids for work, um, I hated it. I mean, for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, but so it's it's nice to be able to actually enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yep. That's when you text and like, I'm just working from home today. Yep, exactly. Yeah, well, remember, I feel like it was a few <laughs> years ago when we had that, um, what was it called? It was really cold. Oh, there, they had like a whole name for it. Vor- Polar Vortex or okay, something yes. like that. I don't know, but it was like supposed to be so cold outside that you could like, like people were throwing water in the air outside oh, and it freezing. would like freeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember hunkering down for that and yeah, that was... And it was nice to be able to work from home. Yeah. Yeah. I was still probably wearing shorts. <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Okay. Well, let's move on, <laughs> shall we? Uh, so let's do let's do this again. We're going back in our way back time machine to two weeks ago. I mean, it's, it hurts my brain sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to go back to 1 Peter chapter 3. Um, that particular section was verses eight through 22, eight through 22. Um, but I want to really 
specifically look at um, a certain section that you just conveniently, so conveniently you said. ran out of time for. Yeah, that's the email I sent yeah, you. I was yeah. like, we're going to go over the part that you conveniently skipped. Um, that's. <laughs> I was like, seriously, that's the most confusing part of the entire text that people have the most questions on. And he just like glazes over it. So we are going to spend some time there. So he can't get away from it. Um, so Just let's do this. Get ready for a lot of, I don't know. <laughs> I'll read the little <laughs> section here. Um, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight and all, were saved through water, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. Um, specifically, I want to first look at the, uh, the part that says, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, uh, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. So... There is an awful lot of confusion surrounding this passage of text, um, and rightfully so. And I, I think it's one of those, again, where it's not crystal clear, and mm-hmm. so we can speculate mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I think one of the things, one of the reasons why it's confusing, at least for myself, is because of the Apostles' Creed mm-hmm. that we grew up knowing and, and hearing, where, um, let's see here. I typed it out so I'd remember it. We didn't we didn't memorize it when I was a kid. That was not part of our mm-hmm. um, liturgical thing at church. Okay, so I'm just going to read this part where it says, He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the he descended to hell yep. part because I've always been like, whoa, Jesus was in hell? Like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Like, for some reason, those two things just cross wires in my brain yeah. and make it all confusing. Yeah. So um, who are these spirits, David? Like, I know that um, I'm trying to think. I didn't bring my notes. I told him I confessed before that I accidentally forgot my notes at home on this. Um, but I'm thinking of some of the common views that people have in regards to this first Peter um, section of scripture here where um people think are they the the souls of the old testament believers Mm -hmm. you know because they didn't have jesus um are these the condemned souls who reject who specifically rejected noah when Mm -hmm. he was building the ark um or are these fallen angels because that's referenced in other it's referenced in genesis it's referenced in jude um these fallen wicked angels uh that jesus is preaching quote-unquote preaching to so um what do you think david and again we're we're, we're all kind of speculating yes. on our best <laughs> guess as far as what scripture says yes. um so i'm curious okay here we go <laughs> i don't so, know yeah i don't know <laughs> i i have my own i have my opinions um what i find interesting about this passage is there is actually reference in 
one of uh, Second Peter. Not about this, but I just yes. want to throw this out here. Second Peter, uh, I think it's Second Peter, where where Peter actually makes a comment about Paul's writing, mm-hmm. and he says Paul writes about some hard things that are hard. They're hard to understand. Yes. Yep. Like Peter throws Paul out there, like man, he makes my head hurt. <laughs> and it's funny that we're now talking like Peter. So are you? I mean, you're you're writing some stuff here that that is extremely difficult to understand. Um, so I say that to basically say these are this is one of those texts that you can have an opinion on, mm-hmm. but this isn't. These are those secondary, yes. you know, let's not get this all bent out of shape. This is not a hill we want to yes. die on. Yes, this is, <laughs> these are the, the interesting things to debate the different ideas. Um, and you did hit on the, the, the main three. Um, so let's, let's address first the uh, Apostles' Creed. Let's, let's clarify okay. that from my, yes. my point of view and the way that I believe this. Under- did Jesus descend into hell? Well, we have to define what we mean by hell. So there's this problem with the afterlife where we use words interchangeably. We talk about hell, and, and it's this idea of punishment after death. Right. But then in, in this idea of hell, we're picturing the final judgment, right? Like the when God, when, when God declares judgment on all of mankind that do not have Jesus, and it talks mm-hmm. about being thrown into the lake of fire and yes, all of this I'm, stuff, I'm right? I'm thinking the gnashing of teeth. Yes, Whatever yes. that means doesn't sound good. No, not a place you want to, yeah, even <laughs> visit. Right. Um, now, did Jesus descend into the punishment of hell? I'm going to say no. Jesus did not descend into the punishment of hell. But now we have to look at Scripture in its entirety. Mm -hmm. The Old Testament talks quite a bit about the afterlife, and it talks about a place called Sheol Mm -hmm. or Hades. Okay, So this idea of there's this place that people go. See, we have to understand that when Abraham uh, and and the, the heroes of faith, when they died, I don't believe scripturally that they went into the very presence of God because they're still sinful. Okay. Sure. There was, you know, th- th- there's no atonement for them. Mm-hmm. They, they followed the, pers- you know, what God laid out. So Jesus actually gives us insight into what this, mo- what this looked like before his crucifixion and resurrection. He talks about Lazarus and the rich man. And they go to this place of call. It's not called it, it, in scripture. It's called paradise or it's called Abraham's bosom or it's called Abraham's side. This place where people that are faithful to God go into a place of Again, paradise, separated by a great chasm, and then you have the people in torment. This is where you find the rich man crying out like, you know. We like to say that that's the eternal hell. Scripturally, that's not necessarily the case. Abraham's bosom is the eternal hell? Or you have this, both of them. It's almost like a... A lot of theologians, it's weird to think about this, but they almost call it like it's a waiting area. Uh One side is those that are in righteousness or you know paradise they're not being tormented okay but they're not officially in the presence of god does that mean it's weird when you start thinking about this i just can't get over i can't get past bosom yeah well you know (laughs) okay (laughs) okay more serious talking about eternity here (laughs) malia's laughing at words uh so again you have this paradise side and then you have because scripture talks about they can see each other it talks about how Jesus, when he tells his story, says that the rich man looks up and he sees Lazarus. Mm-hmm. So there's this, they're in the same place, but there's two different realities of what they're experiencing. Sure. You know, Lazarus is receiving comfort. The rich man is, is in torment because of where he is at. Now, when you talk about scripturally, this Jesus descended into hell, I believe scripturally that Jesus descended into that place. Okay. Jesus there. Did because in Ephesians it talks about that he took captives 
you know, he, he drew them out. There is this theological understanding that Jesus went and Old Testament saints that were, you know, not in the, like Jesus went and proclaimed, you know, what has been accomplished and he took them mm-hmm. into the presence of God. Okay. But everybody else is still left for eternal judgment. Right. It, it's this weird. Yeah. Kind of think about hell as prison. This is the way my brain makes it. Sure. Hell is prison. Is there going to be a that, Star Wars reference? No. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. I figure you'd have Man, some great like now that you got that, Star Wars analogy. Or I gotta something. think about it. <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, I do have one, but I'm not going to say it because then I'd have to explain it and it okay. just get, would get awkward. And, um, but this is how my brain has always looked at it. Before Jesus's death and resurrection, there was jail. Mm-hmm. Jail is where you go when you are. Again, and I'm talking about people in torment. Like they they they're held, but hell is prison. That's when you're sentenced. Okay. Does that make sense? Like that's how yeah, I was always seen it. More like a holding holding place. Okay, it, but like, not but not purgatory. Not purgatory. Get, get very careful. Yeah, there's no there's no getting out of yes. it. There's once you're on your side, you're on your side. And it's not that place in the good place like where that lady gets stuck yeah, in the 80s no. and that <laughs> No. And actually the way I view this scripturally is like the paradise side of this whatever was created that God has this place, like the paradise side is empty now. Because now that Jesus is dead and resurrected, when I die, I'm going to go directly into the presence of God because okay. he is my, yeah. but that side of torment is still, those those dead are still waiting to receive their final judgment. Oh. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that makes so, sense. So they're waiting for final judgment. Yeah. That's the sentencing. Like you are wow. eternally cast from my presence. Okay. That then for my brain, for our yeah. context would be prison. Like we right. held you here, you're sentenced. Yeah. This you is are your, in Benton County. And now you're going to federal prison. Yes, like okay. you are. It's done. Yeah, Your judgment is it, done. It's kind of the same on the flip side, then. So, because this isn't like the new heavens and new earth, mm-hmm. we're going to be in the presence of God, but it's not the final yes. chapter for yes. us. Right? Yes. Okay. So, this that's is a, where it's a lot to wrap your brain. It around. is. That's why it's so hard about it. like I these things. Conversations are interesting, but at the same time, they're so much speculation on what it really looks like yeah it's like a person trying to tell you like they know what heaven is going to be like based on what we're given yeah didn't no, you read, the, no didn't you read that book where the boy went to I've heaven read, and- oh yeah well yeah <laughs> of course i watched the movie yeah we did too of course i did <laughs> um so anyways that that's addressing the apostles creed okay where where it says jesus descended i believe he did descend mm-hmm. to the place where the dead were kept and that's what hades is known okay. for in the bible when it talks about hades that's a that's a general term of where the dead go sure okay so we have to understand that they were going somewhere mm-hmm. how how that played out i don't know i just that's that's how that's understanding now back to this path <laughs> yeah this is where it gets interesting because some people would say this is a reference that Jesus went and proclaimed. That's his proclamation in that place. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see that. Okay. Because Jesus, maybe it is. Maybe it was him proclaiming to those that were also on the other side in the mm-hmm. torment side. He was mm-hmm. proclaiming this to them. But it makes a reference again to Noah. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of people after Noah. So, okay, yeah. that makes you question. Why, why specifically? Yeah, why Noah's people? Yeah. Uh, the other thing is it says those that lived in disobedience or re- references those in disobedience. Well, he's also proclaiming to those on the paradise side. And while they, yes, had sin, these would be the people that lived for God. So th- that for me is hard. I don't mm-hmm. see it that way. Okay. Um, the other theory 
is because Noah is mentioned that it's actually a two part to this. Jesus somehow did go and proclaim to those that were during the time of Noah that rejected, you know, like talking about those Mm -hmm. that were, again, not necessarily the way I would see it. Um, And then there's also a theory, this idea that Jesus was with Noah figuratively Hmm. and he was proclaiming this message during the time of Noah. Oh, that's interesting. So that's another theory that I've heard is that figuratively the spirit of Christ was upon Noah when he was building the ark and proclaiming judgment. And this is saying that Jesus was there proclaiming the same message. Judgment is coming. Okay. Again, possibly don't Mm -hmm. know. Okay. So the one that I, the one that I fall on is the fun one. Um, I think he's proclaiming it to fallen angels. I think he's proclaiming it to those mm-hmm. that uh, are imprisoned, um, that are spiritually like. I see this as a, a proclamation of victory. Yep. yep. To the other side, it, it's like wherever he went, he's just like, "I won." Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, because this is not an evangelistic proclamation. When you read it, he's not going to save anyone. Right. He's going to announce what has been accomplished. Mm-hmm. And so I fall under that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it even gets more interesting <laughs> because there's other references in the Bible. So if you go to yeah. Jude, um, actually, and I will read it. I don't okay. want to, I don't want to misrepresent. I have more questions for you now. Too. See, don't, because <laughs> again, this is hard to understand. I'm just giving you where my simple brain. <laughs> it's much landed. smarter than my brain. Though. No, this is where my simple brain has landed. So in Jude, and Jude's only one chapter, so in verse 6, it says this, And the angels, who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting change for judgment mm-hmm. on the great day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of the... Now, I'm going to say, I don't know how much I agree with this, but it's interesting. A lot of the studying that I've done with this and, and read talks about that this is a reference to not all the fallen angels, but there's like a specific group of angels that have like they're bound right now. Okay. Because demons the are extra bad ones. Yes. Like there is something overly mm-hmm. that has been done because it talks about them abandoning their position, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 we know that's that, that that angel or that you know demons are active. We know there's mm-hmm. a spiritual realm, so mm-hmm. we know that not all demons are imprisoned. But this is talking about that there's some imprisoned. Mm-hmm. So now this is where again it's going to get weird, mm-hmm. and it's going to give you even more questions. Are you going to Genesis? Yes, because we okay. go back to Noah, that's what, right? That was going to be my next. There's question. a reference to Noah again. Uh-huh. Now. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is going to be fun. Anybody listening, you're going to just be like, what? <laughs> if you've I feel never like heard this, this is going to drum up more questions. It will definitely drum up more questions. my mind's already going to like sin and yes. angels and how that is different from human sin. Yep. And my mind is exploding. Yes. It's interesting, right? Yes. So you go back to Genesis and before the flood account, there is this very interesting thing said in just the start of verse six. Yep. When men began to increase... In number on the earth, the daughters were, that were born to them, the, and the son. Wait, man, my brain is like mine is can't like even that too here. today. So I don't. Okay, I don't feel. Let bad. me start over. <laughs> redo. Um, when the men when men begin to increase uh, in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, "My spirit will not contend with man forever." 
uh, and that's what he talks about, you know, and then the mm-hmm. Nephilim and, and all this. And, and it's it gets weird. Yeah. And there's a lot of theories. Yes. Okay. So you believe it was fallen angels. Yes. Getting busy. With yes. The girls. Yes. The yes. And, and, and the reason why, and I'll give you a reason it's why. It's a very common view. If you yeah. look at, again, scripture in its entirety. Yep. The only other time that the wording sons of God is used in the original language mm-hmm. is in reference to angelic beings. Right. So if you go to Job, it okay. talks about the sons of God came into his presence. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of other references that I can't give you right now. This is why. Okay, so again, is this something I'm going to argue and be like, this is the way it is? No, but I'm right. taking scriptures in, it, in its entirety and saying, obviously, the other times this reference is used, it's talking about angels. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to take how it is in the other places. And I'm going to say it's angels here. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So when I put it all together, okay, this is, thank you anybody that's still tracking and listening <laughs> to this. When I put it all together, you have a reference to Noah. This is a tie back to Noah, the time of Noah. It's a reference to spirits that are imprisoned. You go then to Jude and you have this reference of, of angels that are imprisoned because they abandon their position. Obviously, in Genesis, we're told how they abandoned their position. Mm -hmm. They stepped out of the position of what they were as angels, and they entered into relations that they were not meant to have. Now, what that looked like, I have no idea. (laughs) Because somebody's sitting here, like, you're probably thinking this, well, can angels have relationships with women? Or were they having, I mean, it's talking about having kids. In their bosom. I don't know. (laughs) I have no clue. I'm just taking scripture at face value. Right. And it makes sense. Yeah, I don't and know. I, I get that. I get that. And I, I would say there are so many amazing commentators that would totally agree with you. Yeah. And I still don't know where I land because it's one of those things where it doesn't really matter. It yes, doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but I have also heard um, a commentator say in reference to the to your Genesis reference there that it was um, they weren't fallen angels, but it was referencing the line of Seth. Yeah. So like the evil line there. Yeah. Um, you know, it. Yeah. And At the end of the day, we don't know, but I, I think anymore, I used to be more on that, but now anymore with all the other references, like yeah. you said, looking at scripture as a whole, yeah. it kind of makes me more in that fallen angel camp. And so, yeah, yeah for, it's And for me, I fall in that because that just speaks of wickedness. Yeah. I mean, for God to say, I'm done. Like mm-hmm. I'm wiping this out. Yeah. Like that kind of fits more for me in the sense of it. There was a, cause we look at our world now and it's pretty right. wicked. Right. And I'm not saying they weren't extremely wicked then, but it adds a level of mm-hmm. that was not, God's like, no. Yeah, because there's a the, redemption still yeah. for us that's possible yeah. through Jesus where with the angels that they don't have that. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's interesting too. That's a very interesting yeah. thought. So when it comes down to all of it, I'm just going to and we can ask more questions or talk about this section, but it literally comes down to this for me. Mm-hmm. Whatever Peter is talking about, he's talking about Jesus making a victory announcement. That's what it is. It's a victory proclamation. Yep. Wherever it was to whoever it was, I, I mean, it, yep. we can He's debate saying, that. He's saying, I win. But that's what it was. Yep. He was like, I win in this. Agreed. And, and if you think about it, um, I heard a really good sermon, again, going back to the fallen angels and, and this being a relationship between man, you know, women and, and these fallen angels and, and, and them polluting this. And if you think about it, what is Satan's number one goal to destroy the beauty of what God created? Mm -hmm. So now this is another reason I fall in this. If these angels that did this and God said, you know what? That's too way over. You're imprisoned. 
right? They were trying to destroy the beauty of God's creation. They were trying to destroy mankind. Mm -hmm. It makes sense again for me to Jesus to show up in this prison because I I picture like solitary confinement. They don't know what's going on. (laughs) They have no clue what's happening. And Jesus walking in there and it's like, hey, you remember when you tried to mess that up in the flood during that time? I still win. Mm -hmm. Like it just makes sense to me in this like, you don't know what's going on. I'm going to show up and tell you. Like it's making sure that all of creation knows. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Like this is done. I win. I feel like we need to do a podcast someday on trying to maybe not even understand. That's probably not a great word, but like discussing um, like human sin. And because one of my biggest questions was always, okay, well, if if sin didn't enter the world until Eve mm-hmm. ate the the fruit, then how was Satan? How was Satan already a fallen angel? You mm. know what I mean. But I know that those two realms are, are different. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, and I don't know if it's because God is good and just apart from God, nothing else is. And so even, I don't know. It yeah. just, I, it's one of those things where I just my head, it's like circles in my brain. <laughs> and this is one of those things for us to understand this is mm-hmm. how big God is. Yeah. Right. That's why we should be a lot more humble yeah. in our attitude of, Oh, I got this figured out. Or I uh, know no. this is so much larger than us Yep. that it should make us pause and, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, yeah. Th- this is what I actually love though. I love <laughs> these parts in scripture that everyone kind of has like, well, you know, I don't know, but here's my thoughts yeah. and here's their thoughts. And it's kind of fun to discuss and, try to know and try to understand knowing that at the end of the day we're not going to yeah, yeah. um and sometimes that's kind of comforting <laughs> it is in a weird way um okay so let's move on to chapter four a little bit with a okay. little bit of time we have left here um <clears throat> so let's see here right off the gate peter um uses the term gentiles mm-hmm. um who is he specifically referring to when he says Gentiles? I remember I was looking at that. Where's that? I'm trying to find it. Um, mm, I got to get the right. It's in the ESV version, and that's why I'm not seeing it. Probably. That's probably why, because I have my NIV right now. It's when he's talking yeah. about um, the, the life, the earthly life mm-hmm. uh, of human desire. See, I think NIV changes Gentile to earthly life. Yeah. Um, because then that's right before he goes into listing these sins mm-hmm. um, of that. So what I would say with that is, is it's not him referencing a group of people in the sense of Gentile Jew. He's referencing a lifestyle or mentality. So mm-hmm. Gentiles would be those that lived apart from the knowledge of God. It would be those that lived apart from the law. It'd be those that lived apart from a spiritual understanding of who God is. Um, so it, it, it's almost reference. And, and it, it's interesting because we are experiencing um, in America, you would say we're almost experiencing what he's talking about because we have generations of people that are growing up that have no basis or foundation yeah. of anything that, you know, so this is him referring to, Hey, you guys are living outside of Israel you're, you're dealing with people that don't know the one true God. They've never heard about the one true God. Mm-hmm. They know nothing about, you know, the, the teachings of, of righteousness and all of that. So I think he's talking more into a mindset or, or an idea of these people mm-hmm. um, to say they don't have the foundation. Like, and that's why they live this life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that would be my interpretation, not necessarily he's separating Jew from Gentile. Sure. He's separating understanding. Okay. Um, That's helpful. So why, why do you think he used this specific set of sins that he lists? I mean, because it's very specific. Yeah. Living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. Yeah. Um, so it's not... You know, like he's not saying murder yeah. or yeah. stealing or, you know, things yeah. like that. So why, why yeah. this specific set? People could read this and be like, hey, I'm not going to drunken parties right. and orgies. I'm right. pretty darn good. Exactly. You know, um, you got to go back and kind of look at studying ancient worship. Mm-hmm. Um, worship of false gods included a lot of this stuff. So you go to the temple of some false god, and it's like that's how they would engage in worship is this very passion, this sensualized. That's so like, weird. You know, like, <laughs> hey, we're going. Yeah, I mean. We don't even like holding hands at church. Are you kidding me? I say you start talking <laughs> holy kisses nowadays, and yeah. people are like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's a no for me. Um, <laughs> just, I'll always take hugs from Denny, though. Okay, well, that's good. Yes, I do like his hugs. Throw out to Denny. There you go. <laughs> um, so when when I read that list, what I'm seeing is is Peter is connecting to this again, speaking to people that have grown up, and this is the type of things that have engaged in your worship, and that worship is very me centered. It's people that engage in this very my pleasure. It's about me. It's about what makes me happy, what makes me comfortable. And he's challenging that Gentile mindset. It's like you have lived a life of worship that was focused on you, Mm -hmm. right? But to be living for God is it's not about you. It's about this. So when you read that, don't sit there and say, well, I don't do that. I don't do that. I do that. But it's like, yeah, but how much of your life are you living for the glory of God versus the glory of you? Mm -hmm. How much of your decisions and attitudes are about your pleasure? and what makes you happy. Um, it goes back to stuff that I, you know, you say quite a bit, not quite a bit, but I've heard you, you know, but that whole, the, the teaching of live your best life now Oh yeah, kind of mentality. Right. Yeah. Um, Barf. yeah. Cause he says, <laughs> he's like, you've spent enough time in the past worshiping and living in these ways mm-hmm. where it's about you and these false gods. And he's pointing them back to now people are looking at you like, Hey, how come you're not coming to the drunken orgy party anymore? Because that's what he's saying. They're right. looking at you like you're strange. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you're not going to come and have some fun with the rest of us and enjoy your life? And what do you mean you're willing to suffer for this God that we've never heard of before? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's kind of that mentality is it's, you know, where the people in the world should look at us and say, well, what do you mean you're going to sacrifice your time to go serve other people because you're wanting to honor this God when you could come to the ball game with me and we could tailgate and you know what that doesn't make sense to me right you know it kind of that's how we should see it It is people like what do you mean you're not going to go enjoy yourself because you're honoring this God yeah it's completely a different frame of mind so that's interesting um let's skip down to the section about um spiritual gifts Because I think that always like perks people's ears up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like we were able to spend a ton of time on that on Sunday. Um, So 410, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Um, So what does that verse reveal about the purpose of gifts from God? Well, first and foremost, gifts are never meant for me. They're meant for others. 
They're meant to build up others. Yep. They're meant to bless others. Mm -hmm. So if I'm trying to use a gift and my focus is on how this makes me better or how mm -hmm. we're, we've lost sight right. of what it's for. Right. It's, it's always for others. And then, of course, they give glory to God because it's a gift from God. Mm -hmm. Here, here's one of the differences on how I view gifts than maybe some others that... Um, and again, it's just a different way of seeing it. I, I believe God has bestowed amazing gifts on people in the way he's wired them, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, we talk, you, you mentioned it a lot when we, at staff meeting, how we're all wired differently. Mm -hmm. We all have different strengths that God has designed into us that we are able to fulfill the roles that he's called us to fulfill. Right. Now, when I think of spiritual gifts, that is part of spiritual gifts to me because it's a different, like he designed it in me. Mm -hmm. He wove it into mm -hmm. me. Now, supernatural spiritual gifts to me mm, okay. are those moments where I am not one that lives with the, I get one gift and that's my gift for life. Right. Right. It might be. You might have that all the time because that's the way God wants to use you. But I see the supernatural spiritual gifts as when God sees where we're at in the moment that he needs to use us and he says, I'm going to give you this gift to use right now. Oh, okay. Like, so as an example sure. would be, I am, and I've mentioned, I naturally am, I feel very uncomfortable and awkward in emotional moments or like caring moments, right? I feel very, <laughs> this is off for me. Like it doesn't feel yeah. right, right? Some people, God has woven that into them and they are always good with that. Yeah. That is a like gift. Like Shauna. Yes. And that yeah. is a gift. I'm not mm -hmm. denying that's a gift, mm -hmm. but God made sure to weave that into her and mm -hmm. other people. He did yeah. not weave that into me. Same. You know, and here's the thing. I care. I feel it, but I am not, I can't express. Right. Right. It, that's awkward for me. Mm -hmm. So take moments where God might put me in a position where somebody is hurting. And let's say I'm sitting there and, you know, I go to there for every reason. And all of a sudden, supernaturally, he bestows upon me a gift of care. Like this is right. love on some, you know, like, yeah, I'm no, we're not love. loving on them. Uh, uh when we're not doing that. <laughs> love them. <sighs> whatever <laughs> I want them to feel the love that I you know God okay. is giving <laughs> anyways um but you're just jumping on a lot of words today yeah. you're just like yeah but that's where I, that's where I see a supernatural gift that God is saying at this moment I need to flow through you I'm going to give you this so you mm -hmm. can do what I need you to do in right. this moment and something that you would walk away from thinking that was not me that was not me <laughs> that was yeah you walk yeah. away like nope yeah. Totally not me. Yeah. Or, or moments when you take evangelism. So many people will say, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some people do. It's woven into them. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I love about Lowell. Lowell yeah. will tell me stories all the time. He's just out in the community and he just looks at somebody. He's like, Hey, you know, you know, Jesus. I mean, he just, it's woven into mm -hmm. him. A lot of other people say, I don't have that. But then there's these moments where God says, I need you to speak right now. Mm -hmm. And you can walk away from that going, wow. Like, mm -hmm. where did that come from? Yeah. That wasn't me. So what, what's he referring to in this passage? Well, I think it's, it's a, a combination of both, honestly. So, you know, if anyone mm -hmm. speaks, he should do it as one who speaks um, the very words of God. So here's the thing. Yeah, if, God, if God has put, woven that into you, you better be using it. I mean, mm -hmm. if he has designed you in certain ways, use it. You know, and he has. This is, this is the beauty I see about how God has designed us right now. And as we grow as a church, he will be bringing us the people. But right now, I truly believe that every church, what God is asking them to accomplish, he has already given them the people that can do it. 
Like they are in the church right now. Yep. So that means right now we have people that have been designed by God to be amazing teachers and servants in children's ministry, in youth ministry, in adult ministry, in our life groups are going to start, in all of these things. But I find there's a lot of people that have disqualified themselves from using the way God's designed them. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. This is true of men and women, but I'm going to say it pretty, as blunt as I can. I think it's, it's really true for men. Because mm-hmm. men in the church have allowed themselves to say, I can fix stuff. 100% important. We need mm-hmm. men that can build stuff and do that. But so many men's like, that's my gift. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, God's designed you for so much more than that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. much more than that. Yeah. So I think he's speaking into this. It, it, he's encouraging. And remember, this is that pep talk of... Man, God has made you to do amazing things for him. And, 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 you know, so each one should use whatever gifts that he has received. And then the other one is when you have those supernatural moments, we can disobey and not step into them too. So again, I think there's times where, where God moves in us to say, speak to that person. And we, oh, I can't. When he's prompting, trust he's going to give you the gift. Yeah. Right? Trust that if he, because when it comes to spiritual gifts, I... I'm a firm believer that I, for myself at least, um, I'm a very self, I can be very self-centered and selfish person. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> um, so when I have these promptings, JK. when I have these promptings where I feel led to minister to someone, I don't ever sit there and say, oh, that's me. That's me. Because my flesh would be, those are those moments like, okay, God, you're, you must yeah. be stirring in this. I'm going to step into it. And I'm going to trust that you're going to give me the gift I need to be able to mm-hmm. do the work you're calling me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I see it. It's kind of a both. God has designed you and wired you to serve. Serve. And then also be willing to step out when don't sit there and say, yeah. that's not my gift. No, it's your gift if he needs it to be your gift. Right. You know. I kind of think of it in regards to you as like your call to be a pastor. Because in my mind, it goes against everything in you because you're, you know, you enjoy solitude. Mm-hmm. You ha- only have so much in your tank to people. Um, but this is a job that requires a lot of peopling mm-hmm. and a lot of like being on the stage center of attention in, in, a, in a way when you're preaching or singing or whatever. And so, um, isn't it kind of funny how God is? Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> because I feel like that's something that you have to internally fight that people may, that don't know you may not even realize. I do. I and do. so it, it's just kind of cool to see that you've really stepped into that and embraced that and, you know, not trying to yeah. pull a Moses and get out of it. And <laughs> well, listen, Unfortunately, Moses has got documented in the Bible. <laughs> Nobody's documenting mine. Um, trust me, I have my moments where... Mm-hmm. And, and what sucks about these moments, especially when you talk about spiritual gifts, is that I don't ever want it to sound that I don't like people. Right. No, you do enjoy people. I do. Yeah. That, that's what I'm just saying, though. It's like that. sometimes we think when we struggle with these, like it's just... That's what's the beauty of a spiritual gift when it's the supernatural yeah. gift. Is because if it was natural to you, you could walk away from that going like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I did good. Mm-hmm. God's not getting no glory in that. Yeah. But when you walk away from like that goes against everything that is about me, mm-hmm. then you're going to sit there and say that was because God was flowing through me. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that's what you know, we, we want to be used, but realize he's going to ask you to be used in ways that it's not natural. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Don't feel right. Yep. Um, and it's not going to come easy. So uh, I, I think uh, I was trying to, 
my mind just went blank, but I had a great example of this. Mm-hmm. But it's blank, so let's just move on. Okay. Well, on that I'm, note. I'm overpeopling. On that <laughs> note. Um, so this Sunday, we're, we have two Sundays left, right, of yep. this series. Yep. So this Sunday, we're going to wrap up Chapter 4, yep. right? Yep. And then we're going to take a little bit of a break because we have Christmas, Christmas. and then New Year's Day. Are we going to do this on New Year's Day? Finish um, it or when? I'm kind of... I'm debating. Okay. Because I know we said something, excuse me, I know we said something about, um, you know, that's going to be another day where, you know, maybe not a, a shorter long, you know, service. Like, sure. Come and let's yeah. have this hard, you know, yeah. so 15 maybe minutes. So maybe it. we might push it even okay. a week after that. Okay. Um, so hang in there, guys. We're yeah, going to get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I've heard a lot of really good feedback on this series and... Well, yeah. I mean, and if you want to know what we're talking about, guess what? We're talking about suffering. Yes. Again. <laughs> Again. It's almost like he wants us to know that we're going to suffer. Yeah. I mean, he's I don't pretty. Know. Yeah. It's in there a lot. <laughs> but it'll be good because, uh, yeah, this Sunday we're going to be just be focusing more on God's love, mm-hmm. even in the suffering. Like, God, if he's sovereign, mm-hmm. he's over the suffering. And it's going to be a hard thing because sometimes we're going to look at that and be like, what do you mean he loves me and he mm-hmm. allows this? And But there's reason behind it. There's purpose. And so we're going to talk. Yep. That's And then we're done with suffering. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening.